right, off topic here. Steve Spanner, Randy Zelia, BackSportsPage.com. We are live. Welcome, everybody, for an early edition. On the line right now, we have our uh, good friend from whose line is it anyway? His name is Colin Mockery, one of the best best thing to come out of Canada. I think that's the best way to describe him. Colin, how are you today? I'm fine. How are you? I, I, I was trying to find a better way to give you a bigger buildup, and I think the best thing to come out of Canada was one of the best w- things we can come up with. How was it? Was it good for you? It's pretty good. Okay. Our, our goal is for you to hire I, I, I us. Thought, yeah. I thought once you said Colin Mockery, it already, you spoke for itself right there. Yeah. That's, the, a, that's a name that comes out well, of Well, our goal is for Colin to hire us so we can introduce him <laughs> everywhere he goes. Like, he walks <laughs> into a restaurant, we introduce him. And that way, you know, people are like, oh, Colin's here. Yeah, yeah. Are, are you okay with that, Colin? Yeah, this. I think this is going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so Colin, you know, thank you for thank you for you know giving us a few minutes of your time tonight. I know you're you're busy, and uh, we're we're just amazed because it seems like you know whose whose line was off the year off the air with new episodes for close to ten years, and you come back and you're just nailing it out of the park, like no time has passed. So, how do you feel about the fact that the show is back and you know you're uh, you're back front and center like that? Uh, I'm uh, thankful because it's my one skill. So the fact that this show came along is sort of showcased that. Uh, and I, I think we have to thank the Internet for it. Um, uh, Brad Sherwood and I have been touring for uh, 14 years. We noticed our audiences were actually getting younger, which is unheard of. And it's because they were catching up on the show um, on YouTube. So it was sort of that groundswell that got the uh, network executives thinking maybe it was time to bring it back. I mean, Colin, I have to, to- totally agree with you. I mean, myself, I can personally spend hours on on YouTube looking up, you know, past uh, who's line it, uh, who's line it anyway, uh, um, recordings and stuff. It, it's it, and just laugh, you know, at all those jokes and whatnot. I want to know. Uh, you tried out for the first one in England. Uh, you were on the second one, and what did you take from the second one to the third one that uh, really took the show and brought it to a new level? Um, I think my uh, veteran savvy as. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as physical as I used to be 20 years ago, so I'm using all my smarts to try to get the laughs without actually moving any. Colin, we, we had Brad on last week with us, and I asked oh, him a question. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's your travel partner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, we had him on, and before we dive into some of the you know different projects you've done besides Who's Line, I, I, I wanted to ask the question because maybe you'll have a better answer. Why isn't Drew Carey a part of this in- incarnation of Who's Line? Uh, I'm not really sure. I think they wanted to try uh, to brand it as a new kind of show. I think they w- maybe thought Aisha uh, would bring a new audience to uh, Who's Line. Uh, she's, you know, let's face it, a little easier on the eyes than Drew. Nothing against you, <laughs> a very attractive man. Very attractive. <laughs> very, uh, very. But uh, she brings a sort of a, a, a new energy to the, the show that I, I think um, makes it different, And uh, but still, we still have the same sort of... Um, the same things that people love from the first couple of incarnations. Now, obviously, it's just not whose line it is anyway. You've done uh, a lot of different, um, diff- a lot of different work between being on stage. Uh, you've been in different shows. You've worked with so many different people. What have been some of your favorite projects that you've been involved with? That's not whose line related. Uh, I recently did a movie. Uh, what's great at this point is now my friends are getting into a position where they can hire me to do things. And uh, there's this couple who do uh, movies up in the north of um, Ontario because they get great tax breaks, and they always hire me as a bad guy, which is great because I never get a chance, I would never get a chance in Hollywood to to get that kind of part, but they hire me as like truly despicable people. And uh, for me, that's a lot of fun because it's something I don't get to explore a lot. Uh, It's a 
a new muscle to sort of uh, stretch and build up. So I, I, I love doing movies with those guys. What is the biggest difference from doing a normal TV show compared to doing Whose Line Is It Anyway, like as far as, uh, you know, um, sitcoms and even doing movies? Can you talk about the work that goes into it, doing the tapings of all the different shows and movies, What the behind-the-scenes aspect of it? Yeah, it's really hard to beat Whose Line Is a gig. We just kind of show up, get dressed, and then do it. Uh, with everything else, you know, there's rehearsals, you got to rehearse the camera angles, uh, there's discussions about your character, and I, I find with a lot of sitcoms this, these days, you can actually almost come up with the punchline the same time as the, the character, because there's sort of a, almost a mathematical uh, feel to it. It's like blah, 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 punchline, uh, which Whose Line doesn't have, because we never know where the jokes are going to come, where the setup is, so I, I think that's what keeps it fresh for us. It's, I mean, it's fun working on scripted shows, because again, that's another uh, muscle, but there's much more freedom, I think, in Whose Line than in scripted work. And uh, could you explain what the prep, what kind of preparation is that you go into for the different types of works, as far as um, scripted or in, improv? Yeah, whose line is tequila? Uh, <laughs> yell, red wine, and um, <laughs> you, you sort of look through it. You try to figure out what the writer is trying to get across, and that's where your your focus is to make sure that their message is um, uh, out there and what they want to say. You're, you're delivering that message. Uh, with Whose Line, it's just uh, basically getting ready to have fun. The biggest challenge is to walk out there with absolutely nothing and just trust that somehow with these uh, three other improvisers, you're going to end up with a TV show. What happened with the ABC version of Whose Line back, you know, 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago when I guess you know, when Drew's regular show was having issues with ratings, it seems like they put Whose Line in that category. But what exactly happened? When did they sort of let you know that Whose Line wasn't coming back to ABC? Well, the odd thing is, they never told us we were canceled. So for 10 years, I kept thinking, any day now, I'll be getting a call. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think there was a... I mean, they, I don't think they ever really understood what Whose Line was or the popularity of it. Uh when we first started, they put us right behind Drew's show, and we got great ratings. We're doing really well. Then they realized how cheap the show was, so they put us up against Friends and Survivor. Um, you may have heard of those shows. They were very popular in the 90s. Yeah, I sort of and, heard of them, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that we would get killed in the ratings, but because the show was so cheap, it still made uh, the company money. And then there was a bit of a re regime change, and when that happens, usually they want to put their own imprint in the network, so they started... Uh, sort of slowly getting rid of the shows from the previous regime and putting their new things in. And I think we just kind of got lost in the shuffle. But they, they never... Um, I remember one time we were at uh, California Adventure. It was sort of an ABC weekend. And at the theater there, they um, we, we were doing a live show. And there was a line up. People had lined up for four hours, and it went pretty much through the park. And Michael Eisner, uh, who's uh, Disney owned uh, Warner Brothers at that time said, wow, I didn't realize you guys were so popular. And I thought, you know, if anyone should, probably you should. Um, <laughs> so uh, thankfully people still enjoy it and it still uses work. I have to ask you this question because I, I feel it is important and we're not going to bring up the Richard Simmons episode because that was such a uh, it's still a, it's still a YouTube classic to this day. It's a classic, yes. Yeah, but no, yeah, I still get uh, Christmas cards from them. Really? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, 
What was it like working with Robin Williams on that episode of Whose Line Is It Anyway? I, that was a question I've always wanted to ask you because he seems like he's per- he was perfect for that environment. Uh, I think it was a highlight for everybody on that show. Uh, you know, we were all, of course, big Robin fans. He was sort of, he and Jonathan Winters were sort of the two people who did improv on television. So he was an inspiration to us. And then to have him on set with us, he was everything and more, I'd hoped. He had energy to burn. Uh, he went through three shirts, just covered <laughs> with sweat. And he was one of those guys, uh, within minutes, he knew everyone on the crew's name. He was, uh, and he was an Oscar winner. We were on set with an Oscar winner, and he was just acting, he was just one of the guys. And uh, it was so much fun, and it was uh, such an honor to get a chance to work with him. It, it truly is one of the highlights of my career. What's amazing to me is whose line is, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, it's about a two-hour taping, two-and-a-half-hour taping? Yeah. So, and they only aired a half hour of that episode, so there's like a lot of unseen footage with Robin there. I would love to see that footage. Yeah, actually, when we do the taping, they can cut three to four shows from that. We just finished taping uh, a couple of days ago. We did five, uh, five tapes. So from that, they could get 15 to 20 shows. So, as I said, cheapest show in showbiz. Yeah. Um, what other? Well, first, talk to us. Uh, Brad gave us a little insight about the tour uh, that sh- that you and him travel around the uh, United States with and Canada. Um, mm-hmm. You know, can you tell us a little bit more in depth about what you guys do? What people can expect when they come out and see you guys? What? What? Tell us about the two man show. We like to say it's sort of a live version of Who's Line without the tall guy and the black guy. It's <laughs> Basically, uh, <laughs> a lot of the same games. There's games we've had to adapt because it's just the two of us. Uh, we have audience members on stage with us for about 80% of the games, sometimes filling in uh, the position that Drew had and sometimes actually improvising with us. And uh, we do the world's most dangerous improv game, which is uh, there's 100 live mouse traps on stage. Brad and I are barefoot and blindfolded, and we do a scene on it. And it's just as stupid as it sounds. <laughs> well, I know you guys come to our neck of the woods over here uh, by Montclair, New Jersey. I know you guys have been there mul- multiple times. Um, I know the tour dates are on uh, Colin and Brad. Is it Colin and Brad dot com? Colin and Brad show dot com. So you can definitely check out uh, everything that Colin and Brad are doing. You can follow them. Uh, just a couple more questions, um, just to get to know you a little bit more, Colin. Talk to us about your free time. What do you like to do? Do you have hobbies? Are you a sports fan? You know, what are you? Uh, I'm a I'm a hockey fan. You're okay. Well, you're Canadian, so that's, that's like required. You're born. You're a hockey fan. Yeah, yeah, you of course. Um, I, I started off as a Boston fan. Uh, when well, when I was a hockey fan, there were six teams, so I, I I've been there a while. Um, yeah, I was a big Boston fan. Then I started to get sort of upset with, but then when they started trading some of their top players away in an effort to save money. So I'm uh, sort of in that. My wife is a rabid uh, Maple Leafs fan, so I've sort of moved my allegiance over there. And uh, thankfully, it, there's, I think they're on the track, the right track, after many years of just sucking. <laughs> and Colin, the other question I also have for you, too, is your relationship with Ryan Stiles is probably one of the best camaraderies on television. And it's, it's really the truth. Is it something that you two, you know... Do you guys ever have a conversation off camera about what you guys can do, or you guys just go out there and just it's just magic? Is it one of those types of uh, de- one of those types of deals? Yeah, it was uh, pretty much from the first day we met. It 
uh, it just sort of clicked. Uh, we were actually talking about it the other day. Uh, I think it's like 40 years we've known each other now. Ow, which does hurt. Uh, and, yeah, from the very first time, we just sort of clicked. And I think we have the same sense of humor, sort of the same reference point. Uh, we amuse each other. Um, and my favorite thing is I never hear from him except... Uh, when we do Who's Line, I see him. Every once in a while, I get a text. For the longest time, he wasn't, he, he didn't have a computer. So I at, actually had to friend his daughter on Facebook and go, hey, it's Uncle Colin, remember? Tell your dad to call me. Um, <laughs> uh, he's getting a little bit, he actually just got on Twitter uh, in the last month, and everyone celebrated because uh, we never thought it would happen. Well, but he's, uh, he's, uh, what I love about him is we go months without seeing each other, but when I see him, it's like I saw him yesterday. It's, he's, uh, yeah, it's a really good friendship. And uh, talk a little bit about your earlier years, Colin. Um, how did you get the gig in, in UK? Uh, I was at Second City in Toronto, and um, they'd, uh, they were doing a cross-country audition tour, and they saw the show, they left the show, so they had us audition, um, unfortunately, the next morning at 8 in the morning, which... Uh, it's not really prime time for comedy. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. we, auditioned, we auditioned as a cast, and because uh, we'd worked well together, we did that thing you're supposed to do in improv, where you just work as an ensemble. So nobody stood out. So none of us got hired. And it wasn't until the next year I'd moved uh, to Los Angeles. My wife had uh, written a show that went to television. I auditioned again, and I auditioned with people that I didn't know. So it was like, hey, screw you, look at me. Mm-hmm. And um, I got it. So there's a valuable lesson for the kids out there. Put yourself first. Make sure you got to shine, too, as well. I mean, of right? Of course, I mean, yeah. You want to help out the people around you, but, I mean, what's good, what good is it when you're, nobody can see you? It's been a nice little gig, a nice little life. Yeah. This line came along because I really had nothing to fall back on. You know, being an imp- improvisational, uh, we, we, um, we always have problem with that word <laughs> improvisation. You know, it's, it's I always hard. say, I just say improv. Yeah. <laughs> being an improv actor, uh, who do you attribute your growing into it, and who did you watch earlier years? I mean, because it was kind of new coming. You know, when you were getting into it, uh, is there anybody you could attribute to growing up? Yeah, it was. I mean, I'm actually making a living at something that wasn't an occupation while I was growing up. Mm-hmm. There was. Uh, Jonathan Winters was the only person uh, who would do improv on television, so he was sort of an influence. I always loved seeing him and just that sort of controlled badness that he would would show. Um, I was a big. I used to watch a lot of television was when I was a kid and a lot of old movies. So you know, I was a fan of like Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin and Dick Van Dyke and Jack Benny and Bob Hope, and then into um, Monty Python and SCTV. So. People that uh, would make me laugh, I would kind of watch and study, and then actually just steal bits from them. Um, so there were many influences. Yeah, I feel like because uh, whose line is it, is it anyway was kind of like pioneers. You guys were like pioneers into like the improv uh, acting type of game. I think even in movies now they do it more so than they did even in the past. You know? Yeah, I think it's the proudest thing about whose line is that um, it sort of made improv. A- more of a household word. Mm-hmm. People didn't really know what it was until Whose Line came out. Now, as you say, everybody's doing it from you know, Curb Your Enthusiasm to the Christopher Guest movies. Um, I, uh, I, I'm really happy about the legacy. 
Colin, in 2003, uh, you did so. You got to do something with Leslie Nielsen, Wayne Gretzky, and Roy Halladay. Talk to me, you guys, since you're a big hockey fan, about meeting Wayne Gretzky because that, that's that's a big yeah, deal. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, as I said, big hockey fan, and I've been really lucky that because of Who's Line, I got to meet uh, Wayne Gretzky. I got to meet Gordy Howe, which was oh wow, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, right yeah. Because he and he was such a gentleman, and uh, my. Uh, my favorite one was um, I was doing a um, a fundraiser with uh, Don Cherry, who um, was a coach of uh, the Boston Bruins and is now a, a, an analyst and has a, a, a sort of a between period show. So uh, I was doing that, and he came over and said, "Hey." Bobby Orr's at my table, and he wants to meet you. It's a good situation, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, that's great. Uh, and it's one of those things where you're almost always afraid to meet your heroes. Again, the loveliest guy. I just kind of was staring at him, and at one point I sort of blurted out, I have a doll of you. <laughs> and he just kind of stared at me. I said, it's not even out of the package. Yeah. So I think I really creeped him out. <laughs> That's awesome, actually. Colin, I, I want to know, in your early years, you did a little bit of theater work, and uh, and now you're, you're pretty much doing it all. Did you ever think about going back to doing theater? Uh, I actually had a chance uh, about two years ago to do a, a play called Art, um, and it had been, I think, 20 years uh, since I'd done any theater, mm -hmm. and it was one of the best experiences. I was terrified. I was working with two exceptionally talented uh, veteran actors and um, they were you know, very good to me and very welcoming and it was one of the best experiences I ever had and it sort of gave me the uh, bug to do it again uh, Wayne Brady is doing Hamilton in Chicago and I went down there to see him and he's fantastic if you're in Chicago, uh, catch it and I thought, yeah, I'd really like to do this more so who knows I just have to find people who will hire me. <laughs> uh, you, you shouldn't have too, much, have of too much of a problem with you that. Know. Yeah. Well, always uh, a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'm gonna, if it's okay with you, um, I don't know if you knew this, Colin, but about back in 2003, you came on my program back when I was, you know, just getting started in this business, and um, we did a little bit of a word association with you. If it's okay, I'd like to give you a name, and you can give me your opinions on that person, and we can, uh, and then I will then we'll finish up by giving out your tour dates, especially since you're gonna be right around the corner from us down here in Morristown, New Jersey. So, um, right. we'll we'll start with uh, Aisha Taylor. Oh, um, sexy, smart, no ass, no, <laughs> no <laughs> ass. Um, Chip Eston. Oh. One of the sweetest men in the world, so happy with his success. Um, I write all his songs in Nashville. Oh, okay. Perfect. I, I, perfect. I, a Canadian writing country songs. I think <laughs> that works yeah. itself out perfectly. Um, and I, from what I understand, he'll be on an upcoming episode of Who's Line this year? Yeah, he made a surprise appearance, uh, which was great. It was just, uh, it was so much fun. He brings such a, he's such a high energy guy. It's always nice to see him. Greg Proops. Uh, the smartest man in the world. Um, can talk about anything for long, long periods of time, uh, especially baseball. I, I think he's memorized lifetime batting average of every player who's ever played. Wow. That's, uh, that's, yeah, awesome. that's impressive. That's Definitely. very impressive. You can lose an entire afternoon talking to him. 
That's I, I love it because I just say, "Hey, Greg, how are you?" And then I sit back for a couple hours. Is he one of those? Are you, so you don't love baseball? You're more of a hockey fan. Does he sit there and talk to you about baseball though? Like you, like you know exactly yeah, what he's talking. It, it, he does, but it's it's fascinating. I mean, you know, I have uh, limited. Uh, you know, we we had the Blue Jays. Uh-huh. So for for two years, Toronto was really into baseball. And the Expos for a little while too, right? And the Expos were there yeah. for a little. But it's lo- it's lovely hearing the history, and I always love hearing people talk about something they're passionate about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's very true. Especially somebody like you know, like you said. I mean, I haven't met him, but can spit out these numbers like that. I mean, I, I'm a stats guy. I love that stuff. You know, so for me, I would be oh. in heaven too. He knows it all, and he's like he's met so many. Like he, he talks about meeting William Mays and uh, some of the great players throughout the years. So yeah, I find it fascinating. Uh, the next one, uh, Josie Lawrence. Uh, a sweet sweet British woman who can give as much as she takes. She's a very sweet, a beautiful singing voice, and then you think, oh, you know, I'm just going to throw a little insult in here, and she will come back with some of the filthiest language you've ever heard. <laughs> uh, she is a true... Uh, Drew Carey. Don't care for him. Um, <laughs> don't care for him. If you're ever going to meet a millionaire... <laughs> Try to meet one as generous as Drew. Um, when we were doing Who's Line, every summer he would take the cast and crew and their families on some trip somewhere. Uh, one year it was um, a Disney World. One year it was a, a 10-day cruise to Belize and back. Um, he, uh, I can't say enough about him. I mean, because of him, Who's Line became a success. And he would say, you know, it's great. You guys do all the work. And people come up and tell me how much they love my show. <laughs> he was always uh, incredibly generous to us. He uh, takes time with his fans. So it can be in the middle of the meal. If someone comes up, he will get up, talk to them, sign, take pictures. He, he kind of showed me how to um, deal with the public and how to be a gentleman. Ryan Stiles. Um, probably the one of the funniest and most well-rounded improvisers um, I've ever known. He never seems at a loss for words. He can't. Uh, he actually did a greatest hit with uh, Wayne at this taping. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, for me, that would have just struck fear into my heart. But he, God bless him, he went up and di- did it. Um, he's, I think, stuck in nineteen. 19- all his references are from nice. the 70s. There are a lot of, a yeah. lot of Abe Vigoda jokes or Dolly Parton. Uh, but okay. Again, he is a, gen, a, 